Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio, as always, PK Stan to my Joseph Belay. Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Um, I'm doing well. Um, family's healthy uh, and, uh, and, and safe, and, and so that's all that matters this week. And, and, you know, I was kind of, yeah, that number 76 episode's coming up, and I was looking forward to talking about um, that player uh, being Yosef Bele, <laughs> of course. Um, yep. Uh, and and uh, I, I guess okay. So does anybody remember Joseph Bella? Am I the only one that remembers Joseph Bella? I, um, I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he was uh, he, from Slovakia. He was a third round pick for the Canadians in in the two thousand year. And um, the, his first team, uh, he, he was prolific scorer. Um, 57 goals in 52 games in in the under 18 team in Slovakia but then his first team in um North America was the Thunder Bay Flyers and um as as people might know uh that's where I grew up grew up in in uh, okay. the metropolis of Thunder Bay Ontario uh, uh land of the sleeping giant uh, north of superior <laughs> Uh, and the Thunder Bay Flyers were playing out of the good old um, Fort William Gardens with the roof caving in. Um, and they were a part of the U.S. Hockey League. And that's where Josef Belay uh, first got his North American start. Um, from there, he went on to the Portland Winterhawks and uh, played for Slovakia in, in the World Juniors and, and so on. Then came to uh, the um, Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, and actually played four games for the Montreal Canadiens um, in the 2003-2004 season. But, okay, so <laughs> you're not from Thunder Bay. Maybe, maybe not many of our, our listeners are from Thunder Bay. Let's make this more relatable. Joseph um, Belay was part of the first trade made by uh, Bob Ganey. Bob Ganey, GM... Oh, really? uh, Yes, he became came GM in, in June 2003, uh, Montreal Canadiens. His first trade was made at the 2004 trade deadline, and he traded Josef Belay and uh, added a second-round pick. And the return, it made the trade with the New York Rangers, and the return for Josef Belay, second-round pick, was none other than Alex Kovalev. Wow. Well, there's one for you, my goodness. That's a that's a good story to get us started here. A nice Joseph Belay story and uh, turned into a Bob Ganey story and a Kovalev story. So we always appreciate those anecdotes here on the Canadians Connection podcast, especially this week. Because, Rick, I mean, 
there's not been a lot going on. <laughs> it's been a bit of a this week has felt like a year. Uh, no joke, it has been it's felt that long. And I joked last week that I would be taking suggestions for for new hobbies because without sports, this has been uh, without live sports, I should say, this has been a very uh, very long week and a week unlike any other in my lifetime. Um, so. What have you been up to? Just fill in the gaps a little bit. We're going to talk about our hobbies and stuff in the third segment, like what we've been watching and stuff, but to sort of fill in the void that has been left by no NHL hockey, no professional sports, no sports, period. What have you been up to? Well, it's been, um, you know, I, I, I see online uh, that uh, people are having trouble filling their time. Um, I'm not having trouble <laughs> at all. Um, th- there seems to be a lot to do to prepare, uh, certainly doing preparations, um, uh, depending on how long this is our, um, our, uh, kind of shutter in place is going to take. So doing some preparations yeah. there, enjoying the outdoors, um, doing a bit of garden prep, uh, starting some tomato seeds inside, um, doing some reading, um, and, uh, uh, just, uh, and 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 uh, catching up on some some uh, TV and and uh, and and I guess most importantly trying to reach out to uh, and uh, people and in contact and making sure they're okay and and even some people I haven't talked to in a while. Um, I think you know there, there's a temptation to to um, uh, get out there and and and. Uh, uh, be with other people, but I think we all have to resist that. Do our part. Um, yeah. Stay inside um, and uh, social distance and uh, self isolate. And and um, there's so many other ways of connecting with people. And and uh, uh, make sure you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we have those those ways at our disposal now with with you know social media. Although, please do stay inside. Practice social. As we talked about last week, that is the best way to uh, make this sort of uh, try to make this go away as quickly as we possibly can. Um, but Rick, so this week I've been trying to maintain a level of normalcy in my life because there's, there's this I, I don't know how to function without sports. This is weird for me that this is like every sports is on uh, in a lock at the same time, and it's not like I can just go and watch the other one to, to make up that you know that void a little bit. But what I was, what I did do this week was I watched the 2017 final of the Tim Hortons brother, the full match on YouTube. Kevin Cooey versus uh, Brad Gouge here in St. John's. Uh, Brad Gouge won his first briar here in uh, 2017. It was a fantastic moment, one of my favorite sporting moments of my life. And it's it's so weird because every time I watch the, the final draw that Gouge makes, I always feel like it's going to be light and it's going and it's going to be terrible, but it, but it, but that doesn't happen. He makes it, and he wins, and it's awesome. However, um, this got me thinking because we were talking about what we'd been doing earlier today, and I did a little anecdote about Brad Gouge that relates to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so this would have been after his Olympic appearance in 2006 when he won Olympic gold. Um, so I would have been 2006, 2007, maybe I would have been eight or nine. Um, sorry to, to to age. Um, some of our some of our listeners, but um, anyways, uh, I was there at the rooms where he was doing this little meet and greet autograph signing, and so everyone has these little white pieces of paper for him to 
sign, and I don't have one of those. My sister even has one of the white pieces of paper. I didn't have that. I had a Montreal Canadiens hat on my head, and I was going to get him to sign my Montreal Canadiens hat. Why? I don't really know, but I wanted him to sign my <laughs> Montreal Canadiens hat. And so Brad Huju was sitting there. It's my turn. I'm about to go up and speak to the provincial hero, Newfoundland's favorite son, Brad Huju. And I get up there with my Montreal Canadiens hat, and I explain to him that I'd like him to sign my Montreal Canadiens hat. And he says the following. I don't remember much about that day, but I remember this. He says, you know, I'm a Leafs fan, but but I'll sign it for you. <laughs> so uh, Brad Guju signed my Montreal Canadiens hat for me, and uh, I don't know what happened to that hat actually. Um, it's it's been a long time, but anyways, I met Brad Guju and I got him to sign it. Yeah, he was wasn't you know it wasn't the happiest thing that he is. He probably wasn't happiest that he'd been that to sign a Montreal Canadiens hat, but he did it because he's a class act and a great guy. And uh, anyways, uh, that's what I've been doing this week. So, so Rick, we, we, you said what you were doing, said what I was doing. What about Michelle Lacroix, the P, the public address announcer for the Montreal Canadiens? I wonder what he's been up to during this time of no hockey, no lineups to announce, nothing going on like that. Do, do, you, do you know what he's been up to? Well, I think, I think Michelle Lacroix does what Michelle Lacroix does best. Yeah. Um, and that's be the voice <laughs> of the Montreal Canadiens. Here's a little to listen. La formation de départ, the starting lineup. Le numéro 6, number 6, Shay Weber. Le numéro 8, number 8, Ben Sherrod. Le numéro 11, number 11, Brandon Gallagher. Le numéro 24, number 24, Philippe Dano. Le numéro 90, number 90, Thomas Tatar. Et le numéro 31, number 31, Carey Price. Oh my God, fantastic. I missed that voice. <laughs> <laughs> really um, Michelle Lacroix, yeah, Michelle Lacroix posted that to his Twitter this week and, and, and then added a message uh, saying, you know, we all got to work together. And, and uh, it was just, you know, there's, there's, there's uh, folks out there doing their, their own thing to, uh, kind of pump up the mood and, and make people feel better and, and uh, just put a smile on people's face. And, and I think Canadians fans, uh, when they saw that tweet by uh, Michelle Lacroix, that, that, that voice, the, and, and, and uh, you know, thinking about the, uh, the lineup introductions, that, that really um, helped out the mood, uh, I think. It's, it's a small thing. You really, no- you just notice it. You're just like, okay, like, that's one of the things that you don't really think of like during the span of a hockey game, but it's, it's something that, you know, in the absence of hockey, Michelle Lacroix's voice is something that you've, you've missed a little bit. So it was great to hear and uh, great to, uh, to, to, to hear him spe- uh, spread that message and, and certainly let people know that they can do their part by social distancing, clean hygiene, and, and those other things that we've talked about. Um, so Rick, that it's been a long week without NHL hockey, but that doesn't mean that we don't have hockey to talk about. We still have things that are going on, and we'll talk about a couple of them. First, we'll start with some transactions. So, um, we'll sort of bullet point these off. Jake Evans returned to Laval. Um, that was on Monday. Uh, Nathaniel Hart was released from a PTO, and Alex Belzil signed a one-year two-way extension uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. So. Those are three things that happened 
uh, during this last week, and it feels like forever since, <laughs> you know, this week, as I said, it's very long. So, you know, it's it's possible that this has come in and people didn't even realize that, the, that that those things had happened. But uh, but what did you make of those things, uh, those three rock moves? Yeah, the the Jake Evans ones, uh, um, uh, sending him to Laval, and 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 let's emphasize that happened on Monday. That happened this week. Yeah. That happened well after the the seasons were paused. Um, that's odd. Um, and 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 uh, who knows what it's about? Is it a is it a money saving thing? Is it um, you know, in preparation for what could be the uh, resumption of the AHL season. I, I, I really don't know what to make of it. It sucks for Jake Evans. It, it really sucks because um, as we talked about last week, there's two more paychecks, March 30th paycheck and the, the April 15th paycheck um, to uh, due to the players. And um, there's a, there's a difference. There's a big difference between, uh, what Jake Evans is getting at the AHL level and what he's getting at the NHL level. So just on a micro level, it, it, it sucks for him, but um, again, not, not quite sure what's going on there. The other thing uh, that kind of came out um, and it's Chris G that passed this on said that uh, Martin LeClaire had reported that um, that re- we remember when Lucas uh, Vedemo uh, had scored his first goal uh, with the Canadians, and then he was immediately sent to Laval after that game. Yeah. Um, and that was just ahead of the 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 Thursday game, uh, the Buffalo Sabers game. That was the first game canceled. It was, of course, the the season was paused that afternoon. But apparently, Martin Leclerc is reporting uh, that uh, Laurent Dauphin was about to be called up by the Montreal Canadiens had that game gone on. Uh, on Thursday, which again is is odd. I don't I don't understand why they would send Vedemo down, bring Dauphin up. Uh, Dauphin, um, I, I, I mean, he's one of those those typical uh, Joel Bouchard kind of lunch bucket players, and and um, skating is t- is is a bit weak, and and um, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to make of that. I, and and w- whether the the Canadians would have him up on an emergency recall, but but Vedemo was was already there, and so would qualify as an emergency. Whether they'd use up a, a, one of their their uh, four recalls on uh, Dauphin, it, none of that made a whole lot of sense, and it's going to be tough for us to sort through it now, um, given what what's what's happened. Um, Alex Bel- Belzeal, um that's you know, I, I guess we're going to start seeing those kind of uh, standings that you'd see in the off season, Alex Belzeal, his, his season uh, has been marred by injury. He had an injury at the, uh, at the beginning came back and then, and then suffered a core injury. And, and uh, um, he only played, he only played seven games for Laval this season. Um, sorry, 20 games uh, with Laval this season, seven goals, seven assists for 14 points. Um this this contract that he signed is very similar to one he signed last year. It's a two-way contract. Um, the the salary is the same. The NHL salary is the same, seven hundred k both years. Although he didn't get to collect on that this season. Uh, although he got a bit of a bump up in his AHL salary as it went from one seventy five to two twenty five. 
Um, don't know um, Alex Belzio. Well, he kind of became the face of. Uh, he was he was heavily used in in marketing. Um, yeah. By the Laval Rocket, um, you know Xavier Willette was the captain. Belzio was one of the uh, assistant uh, alternate captains, um, and he was kind of 28 years old. He's one of those veteran players, although not a typical. He's not the kind of typical uh, AHL veteran that you bring in. He's not a Chris Terry. He's not a Dan Carr. He's not a Riley Barber, um, uh, Ferroni. He's not not a not a very productive player. Um, you know, his, uh, he, in, in his 400 pro games, about 40% of them are at the ECHL level. So he's kind of, a on the, on the border, uh, ECHL, AHL kind of guy. Um, and, and as far as his productivity, he's got about a half a point a game at the AHL level. Um, his thing is, uh, and he's a minus 30 in his career. Um, not, not great on, on the defensive side. And he takes way too many penalty minutes. Um, <laughs> 230 AHL games. Uh, he has 230 penalty minutes. So um, a penalty minute a game and is <laughs> he's averaging. And, and, and we, we know that's great. We also know that, that Belzeal, uh grumbled a bit when um, the younger players were getting called up Um to Montreal during the year. Um, say he's not a prospect, uh, but, but again, um, I, I, I guess what, what, what the Laval is wanting to do is bring him back and, and um, you know, give fans hope for the next season and, and bring back that face. What's become the face of, of the Laval rocket. Yeah. So with, with that, um, we move from, some moves and some moves within the organization to somebody that won't be with the Montreal Canadiens organization next year. And that's Cole Coffin because I found out this week that he will be returning to Wisconsin. So there was after his teammates, Keandre Miller and Alex Turcotte signed their entry-level contracts in the NHL, there were some questions about whether or not Cole Caulfield would follow them to the professional game. Uh, but Mark Bergevin and Montreal Canadiens were very clear in what they wanted, and they wanted him to return to Wisconsin, uh, to the Badgers, and uh, they got what they wanted, and that would be where Cole is headed next season. Um, so, uh, job done for the for at least this, this mission accomplished for, for Mark Bergevin in this regard, getting Cole Caulfield to go back to the NCAA next year. Yeah, I, I, you know, do you believe all's well that ends well? I guess so. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, Cole Caulfield sh- uh, should be back in Wisconsin, and he will be back in, in Wisconsin. We we said that after we, we saw him, um, uh, Amy Johnson and I had, uh, uh, had gone on a, uh, to, to see him, and, and um, he's just, um, you know, there's a lot of work for him to do. He knows in his defensive game, it would start by him visiting the defensive zone every now and again. I think that would be, that would be a good idea. Um, I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, that's a good starting point. He has a tendency to kind of, uh, you know, wait at the, the opposition blue line and let things sort themselves out in his own end. And um, <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's, he's, he's, he's always thinking, and 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 that's going to have to, his thinking there is going to have to evolve. 
So, yes, he's going back to Wisconsin. That's a great thing. He's got a lot to work on. Um, and um, it's just how it all played out that, you know, when we talked to Cole Caulfield, he was, yes, um, I'm signing with the Canadians at, he was very confident. I'm signing with the Canadians uh, when my season's over here uh, in Wisconsin. Um, and he continued to say that uh, right up until February, I guess. And and then the kind of the bombshell was Mark Bergevin's um, uh, statement to the media uh, saying that, uh, no, we're going to uh, encourage him to return to Wisconsin, um, and he's not ready. He's not ready for the NHL. He's not ready for the AHL. Um, and unfortunately, that's the first that Cole Caulfield heard via the media uh, of what what was on the minds of of the organization. Um, you know, when when we were in um, uh, met up with uh, Wisconsin, it was Jack Gorniak, another Canadian's prospect with Wisconsin, um, who had said, uh, "Oh yeah, we see uh, from time to time we see Rob Ramage, we see." Uh, uh, Mellenby and 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 others from the organization and and it would it would have been better if if um, in person they had said to Cole Caulfield okay this yeah. is this is our position um, but it was reported uh, in the media and and that's how he heard about it uh, then uh, um, uh, there was a con- after that there was a conversation last week apparently. Um, with the organization and uh, and so Cole Caulfield after that that uh, conversation went to his head coach Tony Granado and advised him to um, that he'd be coming back for a second year and um, uh, then it was Todd Maluski with um, uh, the beat reporter uh, with the Badgers who reported it. And it was funny because after that happened, uh, there was some denials, uh, denials from Eric Ingalls, from Rene Lavoie. Um, and then uh, a little later, um, um, uh, the Canadians uh, put out a press release saying, yes, it had been decided that Caulfield was going back. So, um, and, and then there was all that nastiness about, um, Oh, what's he doing partying in Florida? And of course he was not, he was, uh, visiting his sick uh, grandfather, and and so things kind of got out of control a little bit with yeah. um, media and spin, and and uh, it it's unfortunate. But bottom line is he's returning to Wisconsin, and and like I say, uh, that was that's absolutely the right move. Yeah, and, and you know, as, as Mark Bergevin said, I mean, you put him down in the AHL, in the NHL, it's just he's not physically prepared do either one of the things at this point in time. So give him another year in the NCAA, perhaps develop some better habits uh, under Tony Granada and see what happens a year from now. And I think that that's the best course of action for Cole Caulfield. Obviously you and, and you know, he's somebody that is very much looking forward to playing in the NHL and you completely understand that, but yeah, you need to develop before you get there. You need to be able to walk before you can run. And Cole Caulfield, it starts defensive zone. It starts fixing those little, you know, those little inconsistencies in his game and, and perhaps becomes a, more than just that guy that can score a lot of goals. And that's the hope for Cole Coffins. Anyways, uh, we'll see how that all unfolds uh, next season when he returns to the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, so, Rick, of course, we, we have to talk about the coronavirus a little bit just before we 
you know, head to break. Um, obviously, this continues to dominate the news cycle and, by extension, the sporting world. Um, we found out this week that the first positive test uh, from the NHL is coming out of Ottawa. Friend reported it, and um, statements from the Kings and the Ducks uh, followed that report and the confirmation by the Ottawa Senators' official Twitter account. Um, obviously, the, the Ducks and the Kings were their most recent opponents of the Ottawa Senators, so they are taking the necessary precautions um, and, and obviously self-quarantining and, and doing all the things that are necessary on their end um, after that was reported and later confirmed by the Ottawa Senators themselves. Um, obviously, I think this was in the NHL. We had seen in the NBA, but I guess I would only hope that because this has been shut down now, that the sport world has effectively been shut down, there we won't see that sort of ripple effect where you know NBA NBA player might have had it for a little bit longer, and that uh, provided opportunity for other players to 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 catch it along the way. You, you sort of have to hope that, but I don't know how feasible that is. But Rick, what did you make of of the Ottawa Senators being the first team to be directly affected by this? Yeah, it's 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 uh, obviously something that was expected, and and certainly um, Gary Bettman's priority uh, was to well, he said that uh, that as soon as the first player was. Uh, was diagnosed with a confirmed case that, that the season would be shut down. And uh, he knew that. And um, uh, fortunately uh, the season was shut down before that happened. Um, we knew that there was going to be a case. Uh, this virus is so easily spread, so contagious. It is, con- it is spread uh, from people who aren't exhibiting any symptoms. Um, it's spread uh, on contact. We know um you know the the uh, broadcaster for Carolina Hurricanes picked it up in a room from from the NBA player, um, and uh, it, it's it's I think there we're going to hear other cases. Um, yeah. And uh, as as you know, both Canada and the United States um, um, uh, got a slow start on on testing. Now that that testing has been ramped up in both countries. I, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more cases generally. Uh, the numbers are going to spike up and as well, we're going to be hearing other uh, members of the uh, of the NH family who are going to be affected by this. Yeah. So of course, as you would expect, it continues to lead to cancellations uh, for sport events. And just as recently as today, we got one uh, with the 20 IHF men world hockey champion that were set to take place in Switzerland, uh, those have been canceled. That event has been canceled. Um, and this week we saw the cancellation of the seasons for the ECHL and the CHL, three leagues under the CHL uh, as well, that canceled seasons. So, uh, Rick, this continues to just, I mean, look at the uh, NHL and then the core for the major sport leagues in the in North America, the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB. So those guys, they're they're holding out hope they will be able to resume play, and we'll talk about the you know how feasible it is in just a couple of moments. But you're really looking at every major sporting event in the calendar over the next three months that has just been completely written off and canceled. So uh, I mean, this is this is really um, this is really unprecedented. 
Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I think my feeling is that it's unlikely that we're going to have uh, NHL, that the NHL is going to be able to, to resume this current season. And, uh, and we've seen, as you said, with, with other leagues, uh, um, every single um, league, every single event, every single tournament, um, I, I, you know, other than let's say some cycling events and, and the Iditarod yeah. in, in Alaska, that's, that's about all I've seen that's, that, uh, are, are running in the past week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really quite staggering to see all of these events that you, you come accustomed to seeing a year. I mean, right now we'd be in just at the beginning of March madness, you know, a staple of month of March by its title. You, you, you think of March, you think of the NCAA back tournament you think of you know in april and may when the nhl playoffs are happening well sometimes guys aren't playing or participating in those playoffs go overseas or wherever the IHF world championships are taking place and they'll represent their country over there so it's it's just it's crazy that that this is to uh, where it is but obviously the right call um absolutely but so at this point the attention is sort of turning away from Sports, obviously, and going more into what sports teams, what organizations are doing for both the game day workers that would have would be working you know, on on game days, you know, in the in the concourse doing you know doing other things, whatever it might be, and then of course the communities around them as well. And so we saw that the Canadians had their game day staff; they had a plan for them, and they also donated to a food bank as well. Yeah, um, the um, the whole issue of um, of paying part time game day staff became a bit of a cause celeb on on social media, and and um, yeah. we had lots of of people, uh, lots of fans telling other people what to do with their money, and and that always makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem if if you if you all band yeah. together and decide to do something for somebody else, but saying you should be doing, I, I just, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Um, there are uh, 1,200 uh, game day part time game day employees um, uh, that work for work with the Montreal Canadiens on game days. Um, the Canadians announced that they were going to uh, top up um, unemployment benefits. There there were only uh, four um, home games left uh, for for the Canadians and and their part time employees. Um, obviously, playoffs would not have been in the pictures. Um, there is some uh, loss. Um, the I think it was the Calgary Flames. I'm not sure on that. Uh, I think it was the Calgary Flames that estimated that. Uh, of their uh, part-time game day employees that 95% had other um, uh, jobs, income, full-time jobs. And, and um, so again, this gets into a really tough area because um, the coronavirus is going to seriously hurt lots of people financially, uh, lots and lots and lots of people. And I know um, in our rocket sports family, um, I mean, we're an independent group and certainly, uh, we've taken a major hit um, uh, as well, but but uh, there are our spouses, there are our um, 
uh, siblings, there are uh, parents who have all had a uh, of of our organization have all uh, had a, a huge financial uh, loss, and um, I think I, I well I appreciate this this effort on this this small group. I I, I think that and and we've seen governments both in Canada and U, the U.S. recognizing that there's going to be a a, a need for a financial cushion for. Uh, uh, an awful lot of people. Um, yeah. And um, I, I think this was kind of a, just a um, people looking in a very micro kind of way. And, and, um, and like I said, it, fine how it worked out. Um, I was just a little uncomfortable with the whole thing. It, it, yeah. It did have that sort of, uh, that sort of undertone that was a little bit uncomfortable with people saying, you know, how, how people should spend their but I mean, you know, let's—that's that's what it is. You're in the public eye, I guess. But uh, in lighter news, we'll shift gears a little bit here to something that has been taking place that has been transpiring on social media. Um, just, just before we get to that, yeah. sorry, 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 sorry. I, I didn't—I yeah, no I, I didn't mean to end that negative I, in a positive but, way. And, yeah. and what I thought was amazing is you had um, uh, teams like the Canadians, like the Arizona Coyotes, like many, many teams that had all of this. Um, food in storage yes. uh, that would have been used uh, that would have been used for uh, the remaining uh, home games, and they took that food. With respect to the Canadians, it was about thirteen thousand pounds, I think, and they donated yeah. it to local food banks, and that I think was fabulous. That's I, yep. I know there was there was a lot of attention on the on the um, supplements for for the game day staff. This other measure, brilliant. I thought that was a, yeah. a great way of, of the Canadians um, supporting their community and, and glad to see that they were one of the teams that was uh, a part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a fantastic, fantastic thing to do. Um, but yeah, something has been transpiring on Twitter, social media, YouTube, even uh, Montreal Canadians have been simulating uh, their games, the computer you know, CPU teams playing CPU teams. No team is nobody controlling either of the teams. They're just letting the game simulate and see what happens. Um, so they've been live streaming that on Twitter, and they've been posting the full videos on YouTube. That's just that that seems like a you know pretty cool thing that's been going on to keep team hockey fans entertained. If they if they need that, they choose to watch that. Um, the Canadians, Rick, won their most recent game against the Sharks six to four, and are on a three game winning streak in CPU simulations. They are right back in the mix for a playoff spot and as often as Mark Bergevin <laughs> speaks about PlayStation and it's not as easy as it looks, he seems to have constructed a roster that works its best wow. on PlayStation. So he yeah. has been I think you know what, he might be up for executive of the year at this point. Yeah, the Jim wow. Gregory award. <laughs> wow. But uh, to take it a step further before I get your this, get your reaction on that. I, yeah. Um, so there were the the, ga- the game simulations are are happening according to the the existing schedule, right? Um, yeah, um, of course. And and the Canadians uh, were uh, at this time supposed to go on a, a, a bit of a Western road trip, and and what's what's kind of I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be negative about this, but so there was the <laughs> simulation of the Canadians versus the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the first one. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been following it, was, it yeah. that closely. 
<laughs> um, but it was the Canadians and the Kings and each team ran like the Canadians and the Kings each ran their own simulation. Yeah. And yeah. in the, in the Canadian simulation, Canadians won. Habs won, I don't know, six to two or something. And in the Kings uh, simulation, the Kings won. They won five, four or something like that. Yeah. So is this, does it mean anything? Does this really mean anything? Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't. But at the very least, they're providing somewhat of a distraction. It's not even that, though. Because to take it a step further, the Washington Capitals and the Washington Wizards of the, of the NBA, you have the Capitals and the Wizards, who will have their games stream on NBC Sports Washington. So whatever the corresponding night, with, for whatever it would have been on the schedule, there will be an hour-long stream of that sporting event done through EA's NHL series or the NBA's 2K series. So that is going to be on television. They are going to stream those games. And listen, I'm fine. I don't have an issue with teams doing it over social media. But to take it to that level that is, and to be aired on TV, I don't know about that. That seems to be taking it just a, little, just a step too far for me. <laughs> So t- tonight is uh, on NBC Sports. Is um, you're a big NBA fan. You're going to be watching the Wizards uh, yeah. and the Bucks. Um, I guess I will be. <laughs> <laughs> and I then on so. Tuesday, it's going to be the the Capitals versus the Blues. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I don't I don't I, I don't know. Um, like it's, is it's this weird. is this um, worst case scenario? Absolute worst case case scenario is this what our 2020 2021 season is going to look like is it's oh, it's all goodness. simulated don't 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 open that okay let's not <laughs> go there that. let's not go there <laughs> but i mean conceivably i mean it could be it just depends on how all this sort of progresses but i hope we don't get to that point uh that would be like i wouldn't be i wouldn't be watching that i have to say um, but one thing else, the other thing is the NHL pause binge, which is which is pretty cool, which is allowing uh, people to stream replays of games through the month of April. So where they would have been watching, you know, the NHL playoffs or the end of the NHL regular season and the start of the playoffs, you can at least get a little bit of your hockey fix with with that. So um, I think you you took a little bit with the name. The name is a little bit, it's a little bit awkward, isn't it? <laughs> and the name's awkward, but um, yeah. you know, the pause binge. Um, but yeah. the yeah, going back and watching classic games, or or uh, I I think that's uh, I think that's great. And um, I think yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the, the other thing, you know, we're 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 seeing pop up on on social media um, this impact of the coronavirus. We're seeing. Um, again, we talked about Michel Lacroix uh, and, and what he did. We're seeing other um, players. Um, we saw Thomas Tatar uh, put out a, a, yeah. a little video of skill with toilet paper, and it, it included uh, <laughs> the Habs, well, Thomas Tatar, the Alouettes, the, the impact, and the Canadian. Um, that, that was, I think that kind of stuff's great. Um, yeah, Jay Baruchel, Um He he. It was odd today. He put out um, this global health crisis is a perfect opportunity to to do stuff you'd uh, never otherwise do. 
Um, and then he started listing, um, <laughs> watch CDs, yell at HDMI cables, put your shoes in the dishwasher, invent animals, put a hat on your car. And, and then people responded to that. Um, the one that's, uh, Brendan Gallagher has been responding to people on, on, uh, on Instagram. The one that's odd for me is, um, Jeff Molson. Yeah. Uh, did, did you get to know Jeff Molson a little bit better? I did get to know Jeff Molson and apparently I'm a very bad friend to Jeff Molson because I only got four <laughs> out of 10 on his little quiz. I guess all the answers. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good for guessing all the answers. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, there's something about a, um, 49 year old executive of a <laughs> multinational multi-million dollar company saying, come be my bestie. What it what was, what is it? Be, bestify.com uh, was the app. Yeah. Um, I, like I, I understand you're trying to engage fans, but I did, boy, I don't know about that one. Yeah, that one was a little bit off. And we're going to talk about Jeff Molson in the second segment. Uh, but before we do, um, I guess we'll just we'll, we'll finish this thing off with what are the options here for potential resumption of play? Should we get there? It's becoming less and less likely. I understand that. But if we get to the point where this has been mitigated to the point to play NHL hockey games, what is that going to look like? There's been all kinds of all kinds of uh, suggestions, and and um, you know, to their credit, Gary Bettman invited suggestions uh, from from the the teams, invited suggestions from the players, and and really, all they are is just kind of wild st- stabs right now because we don't know yeah. when or if it will. Um, I, I, I don't know that there's, um, you know, you would think that um, in fairness, you look at, at, um, at say the OHL or, or the WHL or the QMJHL, uh, they have, they have ended their regular season. So we know what their draft's going to look like. And, and all they did was um, there was two different scenarios. One used winning percentage. Uh, I think the OHL kind of capped it, whatever their record was or whatever their standings were after 61 games. But, um, but I don't think the NHL wants to do that. And uh, one of the reasons is, you know, they're, they're already losing uh, revenue and uh, wouldn't it be nice to have big market revenue from um, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Montreal Canadiens. And so they're trying to look at an expanded playoff format that would include those. Now, for me, that's just silly because it kind of undermines the integrity of the, the playoff uh, yeah. uh, picture. And, and you'd have to put a big fat asterisk beside the, the results, the playoff results from uh, this particular year. Um, one of the suggestions might've come from Jeff Merrick is that, that um, you just, you know, you go into a training camp and you, you just, you, you, you start the regular season where it ended it, wherever it ended off. And uh, he he's, was expecting that that wouldn't happen till September. And then you run a full playoff and end in December and then, take a break and start the 2021 season in January and have an abbreviated season, um, which um, they talked about it. Uh, uh, Elliot Friedman and, and uh, Merrick talked about it on the 31, um, the, their podcast. Um, 
And I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, Bill Daly and uh, Gary Bettman have said their priority is to have a full um, uh, 2021 season. That's their priority. So I think, if anything, yeah. this particular season is going to be sacrificed in some way, although you're going to run into complaints uh, by teams who loaded up at the trade deadline and paid a big price in order to um, you know, bring in free agents that, that they're going to lose for next season. Yeah. And I mean, this is truly, I mean, it's hard to really, uh, it's hard to argue with any of those things because it's just such an unprecedented situation that we don't like it's You feel for teams that did do that but at the same time. What do you, what do you want the league to do? It's a difficult situation, a difficult spot to be in. So um, I will have to wait and see how this all progresses um, and see if we can get this, get the playoffs, and hand out a Stanley Cup, or if we'll need to lead into next season and or sacrifice this season uh, for next season. So, uh, Rick, we, we said an awful lot in, in that segment, so uh, I think we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Canadian communication staff, Jeff Molson, and who might be the fall guy for this season. We'll talk about some actual hockey uh, after a quick break. Stay with us the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connect podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Follow me on Twitter at Joela19. You can follow Rick at All Habs, and you can follow at Habs Connect on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so, Rick, we'll talk about a little bit here about the Montreal Canadiens and the season that they've had to this point, and some, some storylines have emerged out of this season, one of which has been the Canadiens' unending desire 
to find a new story for this season. Um, they thought that it would have been that would have made the playoffs, and everyone sort of hoped that that was going to be the case. Um, then that didn't happen, so they shifted their focus to the AHL, and it didn't look like before everything uh, was suspended or, or paused that it didn't look like that was going to happen either. So one thing that came out a couple of weeks ago, and we both looked at this, we, 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 you messaged it to me, and I had seen it earlier that day, was that the Montreal Canadiens had posted a specific article about Philip Snell. And the tweet that course that went along with that with that article was that was as follows I have it right here with as many even strength assists as Connor McDavid, Philip Snow is enjoying another excellent season. Now, before we get to the reaction that part of it, which alone that's a that's a conversation in and of itself. In that article, it says. Philip Deneau, who's in his fifth campaign in the NHL, is among the elite at his position. On top of facing opposing team top lines night in, night out, the 27-year-old has managed to rack up the points at even strength as well. In fact, Deneau has amassed 43 points, 43 of his 47 points at 5-on-5, five five, which ranks him 16th among NHL centers. Those 43 points place him ahead of the most, three most recent winners of the Selkie Trophy, Ryan Riley with 41 points at even strength, Kopitar with 40, Trees Bergeron 34. So, not only does the tweet put him in direct conversation with Connor McDavid, he also puts him in conversation with three guys who won the Stanley Trophy, have won Stanley Cups, and you know, and not I don't want to disparage Philip Deneau when I say this because I think that Philip Deneau in a, a certain role would be a very very effective player, and he has been to a degree an effective player the last two seasons. But putting him in, those, in in that type of group, in that conversation, and saying that he is one of the elite at his position because he has more points at even strength than three former Selkie winners uh, and, and the same amount of even strength like this as Connor McDavid, is that not just grabbing straws for a news story? Yeah, it's um, there, there's, <laughs> it really reeks of desperation. And, and uh, speaking about um, Deneau in the same breath as Connor McDavid, I, you just you, you get eye rolls from that. Um, yeah. Listen, um, uh, Philip Deneau um, was was uh, spoken about as as being. As entering the Selkie, and not not as a uh, as a top candidate, but entering the the Selkie conversation last year, um, and in which he had a, a good um, season. And and let's remind everybody that that the Selkie is for the best defensive forward. Um, is Philip Deneau having a uh, you know a solid offensive year? He's having a career year for himself. Uh, as he should, uh, being being on the Canadians' top line, getting all kinds of opportunities, and uh, being between Thomas Tatar and Brendan Gallagher. Um, but I, I, I just I, I wanted to revisit and and remind myself, um, and so I looked, um, you know, across uh, some of the publications, the Athletic, some of the French publications in their ratings of Philip Deneau at the halfway point this season. I saw some D's, I saw some C's, I saw some C pluses, didn't really go higher than that. And they all said um, he's, he's putting up more points, but he's having a terrible defensive season. 
we see how, how poorly the Canadians' power play is, has been this past season and led by Philip Deneau. Um, he's just not, he's just not um, um, having the same kind of uh, effectiveness defensively as he has in the past. Um, you know, does that also relate to the Canadians uh, having a weak defense? Of course. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not. And, and is uh, Philip Deneau a, a number one center? Of course not. I, I don't think there's anyone who would argue that on a, on a championship team, uh, Philip Deneau is your number one center, probably your third uh, line center. Um, but all of this isn't to disparage Philip Deneau. It's to, to look at the Canadians and say, what in the world are you doing? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, celebrate success, celebrate and, 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 and honor uh, positive, be positive. But, when all is is spin and and outrageously ridiculous spin, like comparing him to Connor McDavid, um, you, you, got, you have to wonder where this organization's priorities were. And we talked about this whole restructuring with um, uh, the Canadians and and Group CH and the increasing power of uh, an executive like Paul Wilson and how his power was increased substantially. Um, and, and you wonder um, if now the Canadians, they've always been a really powerful uh, marketing machine, whether uh, this is what we can expect, these kind of, you know, um, don't believe your lying eyes, believe what we're telling you kind of, kind of situation. Yeah. And, and one of the things that, 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 that one of the places that comes from and originates is the fact that you've also got, in addition to Paulson, as you say, and the ever-growing power that he has in Group CH, you also have your owner, Jeff Paulson, on Twitter, talking with you know, the media and, and making remarks at that. You remember when Francois Guignon asked the question, he posed the, the very reasonable question when the Leafs were in town. Okay, well, how many Leafs jerseys are going to be occupying at the Bell Center? And I'm And, and he was interested to see how that would unfold. And Jeff Molson replies to him and says, well, what I'm interested in seeing, the never say die Montreal Canadiens or something to that effect. So when you have the owner of the team who has on multiple occasions, this wasn't just, wasn't a one-time thing. He did early in the season too. If you remember Stu Cowan, when Cowan had asked about getting game sheets that, you know, game notes that he could use, you know, the digital copy that would be on his laptop phone or what have you. So, when you have the owner of the team doing that on a regular, a semi-regular basis, I mean that opens the door for all sorts of, of this kind of thing that we've we, we've seen and has you know split over a little bit into the hockey discussion and, and posting that article in direct conversation with some of the best in the game. It's um, the the whole. Um limiting of uh no it's more than that it's intimidating the uh the media any kind of dissent uh from the official party line of the Montreal Canadiens is absolutely squashed uh and and as you said Stu Cowan and and Francois Gagnon jumped on with both feet uh by Jeff Molson um and uh mocked uh and and uh, the Twitter mob, the the angry, bitter, miserable 
uh, Twitter mob that uh, that's out there, uh, you're stirring up that mob to to uh, also help you squash any kind of dissent. It uh, it also happened. It was um, the other case, and, and more recently um, was um, Brendan Kelly. And I know there's there's a lot of people yeah. that disagree with Brendan Kelly, um, and I do, I mean. I don't agree with with Brendan Kelly's opinions, uh, you know, that are mostly driven by by his admiration of P.K. Subin. And so he hates Shea Weber. He doesn't like Gary Price, <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, but uh, but that's that's irrelevant. He still has the right to to uh, make his opinions known. And he and he made a very good he wrote a very good article and made uh, opinions uh, known uh, with respect to uh, Mikhail Sergachev and Jonathan Duran. And it was Paul Wilson, the aforementioned uh, uh, communications czar, Paul Wilson, that absolutely roasted him on Twitter uh, and had, and Paul Wilson had his, his mighty research staff go back and, and dig up uh, years old uh, quotes from, uh, from Brandon Kelly in order to discredit him um, again, just, just absolutely squashing any kind of dissent. I, I, it's, it's, it's sad. It's wrong. It's, it's rather than letting the product on the ice do the talking uh, again, it's, it's, um, it's intimidating um, anyone who, who dares criticize even constructively uh, and, and, yeah. uh, and uh, put out any kind of, of bad press about the Montreal Canadiens. And, and shifting to the product on the ice a little bit here, because, you know, coming up this season, as I said, the Montreal Canadiens are searching for a good news story, period. They want something that they can talk about this offseason. And that in mind, I guess we ask the question, because we know that Mark Bergevin and Claude Adrian will be back next year. We, we know that. So them both back in the fold. Are the Montreal going? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens going to fire someone, some sort of a a symbol to appease the masses in a way that signifies enough of a change that people will be like, okay, I mean, they've done something, changed up something, and in doing that, would somebody like a Trevor Timmins or a Kirk Muller, who have you know done the job to the best of their capabilities, are they going to be the ones that are the sacrificial lamb to appease fans and please? And, let, and, and give something to, to hang on to and say, this is going to be a different year because, you know, we don't have Kirk Muller running the power play or we don't have Trevor Timmons in, in the front office. Is that what it's going to take for fans to, to you know, to take some sort of a, a good news story out of this year if it comes with something like Kirk Muller or Trevor Timmons losing their job? Yeah, it's um, and and uh, we're 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 running a bit over time today, so I, yeah. I think what we'll do is is uh, do a, a kind of a full evaluation on on Kirk Muller and Trevor Timmons, but it's it's uh, maybe next week and and but I think that um, it's it's kind of convenient, uh, and this has been driven largely by the French media to to dangle these sacrificial lambs in Kirk Muller and Trevor Timmons and, mm, uh, you know, why wouldn't the French media uh, like them? Uh, They have particular characteristics that uh, are not like some of the other members of, of the management crew. Um, It it just seems uh, it, 
it just seems uh, unfortunate. And, and Kirk Muller, um, we know that he's, he's uh, the, the tie between uh, he's the communicator. He's the one that's the, the intermediary between the players and Claude Julian, particularly the young prospects. We know Tr- Trevor Timmons has, has uh, is one of the most respective talent evaluators in the national hockey league. And it would be a shame if they were sacrificed uh, just because uh, the, the, the French media is looking for um, a way of, of assigning blame for this, uh, this past season. And as we've, we've been told, it's not going to be Claude Julien and it's not going to be Mark Bergevin. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we will go deeper in that another day, but just to, yeah, just to talk about it, it's very, it's, it's, I think it would be feasible to think that that could be something that happens this, uh, this season too. So fans know that something has been changed. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we're going to look at some comments on the Cole Caulfield returning to Wisconsin. We're going to talk about what we've been watching, uh, our new hobbies. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained and connected learn more about rsm its team and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com i bet you enjoy sporting your best hats jerseys dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest hats gear and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning well don't just show your friends show your hats the team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Back here on the Canadians Connection podcast, as we talked about earlier this show uh, last week, I asked for suggestions on new hobbies, <laughs> and for the most part, I haven't actually taken up any new hobbies. Sort of, as I said earlier in the show, I've just kind of done the things that I usually do, but I just don't have live sports to watch in the evening. Um, Rick, what have you been? What what have you been watching? What what is something that you you could suggest to me to 
to, to start watching to fill up some of this this boost these these you know time that I have on my hands. Well, um, during during the uh, typically during the hockey season, there isn't a lot of my time uh, that's available yeah. for for watching. <laughs> you know, watching series or, 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 uh, movies or, or whatever. Um, and, and it's something I can only do in the, in the off season because yeah. uh, the number of games, whether it's uh, NHL games or AHL games or, or NCAA or junior hockey, or even the, the traveling that we do at rocket sports just isn't time. So, um, I've kind of gotten back into off season mode and catching up on some of the series and, uh, so this past week I, I watched Westworld. There's a new season of, oh. of Westworld out. Um, okay. um, Narcos Mexico. Um, ah. it, I've, um, I've watched a bit of that. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which which <laughs> I must say has been a disappointment this year. Um, yeah. And um, 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 a former member of the Rocket Sports staff, EP, um, she's been encouraging me to to watch Peaky Blinders, and uh, so uh, I haven't got into that yet, but that's that's on my my list. Um, as far as limited series, um, if you're looking for something a little different, um, there's a, a a true story based on a true story called uh, Escape from Dannemora. It's on Netflix, and it's about a prison ah. break. Um, and it was it happened in Clinton, New York, and takes place right near the New York Quebec border. And so it's um, it's uh, it's a little bit interesting. I've I've got books on my shelf waiting to be read. I I think I mentioned that for Christmas, I got a Tamo Solani uh, My Life um, uh, biography. Yeah. So um, I've, I've got the tomato seed, seedlings going um, in the kitchen. It's it's. Uh, yeah, all kinds of of little projects uh, and yeah. and things to do. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, well, it's great to be occupied during this time. There's there's not a lot to do, not a lot going on. So, I mean, for me, I was relieved out that SN and Sports that would be putting on a 2019 Raptors playoff run from start to finish, because I mean, I don't I don't have any anything going on. So, I mean, I'd love to just sit back and, and watch that. And, I mean, now that the NHL has those games that you can watch and stream and the NHL binge, I'm going to be watching some of that. I'm not going to develop any new hobbies. It's it's, 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 it's a moot point at, the, at this point in time. I'm just not going to, uh, to change. Uh, it's, I'll just keep watching sports and, and clips and stuff. And maybe I'll read. And it'd be good to – maybe I should start reading. That'd be a good thing to do in all of this free time that I have. Um <laughs> Rick, well, it's kind of it's it's yeah. kind of nice for you because um, you know your Raptors get to hold on to their title, the they Newfoundland do. Growlers, <laughs> the Newfoundland Growlers get to uh, hold on to their uh, Kelly Cup title, uh, which is terrific. Yep. And uh, you had a very you had a, a well, it may still be going on. I don't know. A, a very happy birthday, uh, first day of spring. I did um, March nineteenth. Happy birthday! Wishing you a, a I, very very happy birthday. Thank you. And in celebration of my birthday, I, shaved, I, I groomed my beard into a goatee because I was just eh, I'm not going I'm not going to be going outside that often. No one's going to see me. It doesn't if I don't like the way that it looks, then I can just get rid of it. But I did that. Or as a, as a birthday gift to myself, really, just to see if I nice. if I could pull it off. But anyways, <laughs> I kind of look like <laughs> Tomasz Plakanich, but like not really at all. Uh, anyways, uh, okay. <laughs> speaking of reading, we're gonna get into some Facebook comments. Um, 
reacting to Cole Caulfield's announcement, the Montreal Canadiens announcement that he would be returning to uh, Wisconsin. What was the reaction like on the All Habs uh, fan page? Uh, All Habs fan page on Facebook, and you can join us there. Just search for All Habs and uh, subscribe and and, uh, and like the page and and, uh, uh, share your thoughts. Uh, Was it the right move um, for Cole Cole Caulfield to um, uh, indicate that he's going back to Wisconsin for a second season? Uh, Doug Waddell says uh, he's not even close to being ready. Uh, Art Pollard, one of our top fans, says, very prudent move. He'll tear up the collegiate ranks uh, next year. Uh, Randall O said, yes, it's the right decision, but it's incredible that it was left to Caulfield to make that direction. Should have come from Bergevin, but he's, you know, Bergevin. Um, Paul Dubé says, that's great news. One more year there than maybe one in Laval. Take time with ki- this kid. He's going to be great. Um so I think as as I look through the um, uh, the list, they talk about him maturing with another year. Um, I think that and uh, most fans are uh, well. They would have liked to to have uh, him on the power play in Montreal. I think most fans are uh, very supportive of the move for him to go back to the NCAA next season. Yeah, I think that, yeah. As, as we said when we talked about it, it seems like it's it's the right move, and and. Most- We'll concur with that. Uh, you'll you'll need to take your time a little bit and and wait on Caulfield to develop into the player. Uh, so last week, we had Mike, our friend Mike, who's at the 2019 NHL draft in Vancouver, join the show. Uh, we we neglected to mention where you could uh, you could reach Mike, give out some you know uh, what he's what he's been up to and his contact information. I mean, uh, if we could share that a little bit, so you could get a little bit of a, a little bit of attention. Mike, it was a great segment with Mike, and um, it was. Um, yeah, he, he's he's been um, he's been great. In uh, he's a regular listener of uh, both this podcast and and the uh, from the press box, uh, our AHL focus podcast, prospect focus podcast. Um, and as you said, he came with us uh, to the draft last year in Vancouver. He's part of our All Habs uh, Fantasy Hockey League. Um, so you're going to want to, he's a, he's a great guy to talk to. Uh, if you didn't listen, hear the segment, go back and, and, uh, uh, look for last week's podcast and you can hear him in the second segment. But if you want to reach out to him on Twitter, it's Mike Habs 09, Mike Habs 09. Um, and, uh, Mike is, uh, in Ontario. And, uh, I mentioned on the, on Tuesday's podcast, um, that uh, he and his family um, operate a, a dairy farm. And uh, Mike reached out to me on Twitter and said he also wanted me to know that um, they sell beef, uh, uh, locally ah. raised, grass-fed, organic beef. Um, uh, and to, to uh, look for his uh, Facebook page uh, for more information, and that is the, the Rational Family Farms, the Rational Family Farms, uh, Facebook page. So, um, yeah, connect with Mike. He's, he's, uh, he's very knowledgeable and, and we're going to get him back, uh, on a, on a future episode, uh, to probably talk about, uh, uh the draft. Yeah. Um, and he also reached out to me after last week's show, uh, talk about the suggested talk about esports at some point. And I guess we kind of did that today with, <laughs> with, uh, you know, the, the simulations of, of professional 
sports games that are going on. Not exactly what uh, what he had suggested with the the, the rising, uh, you know, uh, popularity of, of esports, the like, you know, online uh, sporting leagues. But anyways, uh, we we got a little bit of that in there as well. Um, but Rick, before we go today, we do also have a text from our friend Dean. We do. Uh, and Dino's um, thinking about things that, uh, for uh, Habs fans to do. And Dino is uh, scouring the web and, and, and looking for Habs information. And he stumbled upon the, the uh, Canadian's history site. Um, it's something that, that we've used and promoted, um, you know, for years. Uh, it's uh, our history at Canadians, our history.canadians.com something that, that Dino just discovered this week and wanted to make sure that other Habs fans may, um, may enjoy it too and wanted me to pass it on to Habs fans. Um, it's, uh, he, he enjoyed reading about some uh, the bios of, of the different players and coaches and managers and, and uh, of particular interest to him uh, were two players that uh, underrated players like John Ferguson and Claude Provo. Um, our, our, uh, we have on staff with Rocket Sports uh, a hockey historian, and, and Kate Racher has put together um, some wonderful uh, hockey history series, and, and we'll be seeing more of, of uh, her work pretty soon. Um, and Kate uh, has actually found some errors on that hockey history site. Uh, and so I said to Dino, you know, can you, can you keep an eye out for errors? And if you, if you run into any, let me know. And, and so he texts me right back. And he said, yes, I, 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 I did find one error, uh, Rick. Um, it lists Mr. Bergevin as our present GM. I believe that's an error there, <laughs> which I thought was, <laughs> that was that's great. a pretty good line. Yeah. yeah that's, thanks, that's Dino. Good line. <laughs> it's always great to hear from Dino. Uh, yeah. So Rick, this has been a jam show here today. We have, lot to get to and we got to it we got all the stuff that we wanted to uh, uh said and of course we're still dealing with talking about the coronavirus which is dominating the news cycle as we said but we're we're going to try to provide some hockey talk you know we want to provide that service for people that are still hungry for some hockey talk and we're glad to do it so uh, rick thank you for uh, joining me here today and uh, of course uh we'll follow you on twitter at all halves and follow at the AHL Report. Follow all the accounts of the Rocket Sports Media and uh, certainly search for Rocket Sports Media, uh, Rocket Sports Radio on all your podcast platforms. The subscribe button you can get this podcast and the aforementioned uh, from the Pressbox podcast, as Rick said. So, Rick, anything you'd like to say before we uh, take off for another week? Well, stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, stay home. Um, as we've said before, be champions of, of uh, social distancing, be champions of personal, personal hygiene, and, uh, and be in touch with each other. Be in touch with us, too. Um, yeah. And uh, we're all going to get through this uh, together. Absolutely. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.